From the Political Science Department at UW-Madison, I'm Adam Wigger. I'm Mia Wagner. And I'm Michael Mikowski. In this podcast series, we will speak with UW-Madison faculty members and other experts to hear their thoughts on the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the political and global changes that the situation has warranted. This is 1050 Bascom, COVID-19. Today on 1050 Bascom, we are excited to welcome back former host Josh Mesner to the podcast. As many of you know, Josh was the first host and editor of 1050 Bascom before moving to D.C. to begin a position at Energy Impact Center. Josh is a 2017 Badger who majored in political science and environmental studies. And as part of our career conversation series, we are pleased to talk to Josh about advice he has for graduates and students looking towards post-grad life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Adam. I was uh, super happy to receive a, an invitation again from you guys to be back on, on 1050 Bascom. It's it's really exciting to see how many episodes you guys have gone through and the amazing content, uh, this audio library that you've built. So I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, sweet. We can start really broadly. Uh, if you want to talk about your college career and what went through your head as you were choosing a major, especially considering like job market and post-grad life? Yeah, definitely. Um, So when I came in as an undergrad, I was really interested in engineering, the environment, and politics. And those are really three large umbrellas. And so I started with uh, taking classes within sort of that environmental engineering realm and it was really exciting. But what I realized is that there are a lot of policies that govern what environmental engineers can and can't do. You know, what wind turbines can be sited in certain areas, what, um, you know, power plants can be put in certain locations or, or, or um, what governs them, right? And so what I decided to do is, is take a step back and say, I think there's an opportunity for me to make a, a larger difference. What if I go to the other end of the spectrum and I work on the policies that govern those solutions? And so I took this maintained environmental passion and I brought it to the poli sci side of things. And that's why I decided to go into political science um, with that second major of environmental studies. Um, and it has led me in directions that I could have never imagined from the legal field uh, to the Wisconsin state legislature, to uh, grassroots camp- campaigns throughout the Midwest uh, on, uh, on rivers and, and prairies, um, and then eventually to Washington, D.C., um, where I currently am now. What has your professional narrative kind of looked like since graduating? Certainly. Um, so one of the things that I learned while at UW and then that I've brought to my my career now is to a certain degree, um, you can't know what you don't know, right? So you have to be uh, curious and, and explore. Um, and I see schooling as, as two things. One, giving you the skill set to explore and understand what you find. And two, giving you the opportunity to learn and explore. Um, and so with the poli-sci Uh, degree and the environmental studies degree did for me was showcase what is out there and and maybe say, hey, you know, we don't know what problems are going to come your way, 
but we're going to give you the tools to say, you know, I haven't seen this, but you know, let's approach it this way uh, and see where we can go from there. And if I if I'm still not getting anywhere, I I can turn to someone else or I can do a quick Google search. And I understand the process, the tools um, that can help me lead uh, to that correct answer. So my professional narrative would always be um, maintain that curiosity, maintain your exploration. Um, and uh, it'll lead to you know really great things, and 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 with that persistence um, is is absolutely crucial as well. Kind of thinking back to your time as a student, what kinds of things did you do outside the classroom that helped you on the job market, like organizations and activities that you were a part of, or internships that you were able to have? Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Certainly a myriad of things. I tried a lot of stuff, internships, jobs, clubs, um, an array within each, right? Academic clubs versus athletic clubs. Um, and you learn something from each about yourself uh, or otherwise. And so some of the things that I've learned is um, connections and networking, uh, especially this day and age, and especially uh, in 2020 uh, with COVID, of course, is really important. Um, I sometimes parallel uh, financially saving, you know, right, for a 401k with building a network. Both of those are really important to do, and both of them you get to rely on later in life um, when they're most important. Um, and so specifically, uh, you know, what sorts of things helped me within the organizations that I was a part of? Um, communicating in that large sense of the word, right, in written communication, in digesting information and explaining it to someone who's not in that field, um, in communication of understanding um, what someone is trying to say to you or, or write to you, um, and then understanding uh, the context, right? If you receive an email interpreting uh, uh, what that person is trying to say and maybe a deeper meaning and, and mirroring um, uh, your email back to them. Um, so understanding the communication pathways um, and, and that can be applied to academics, uh, you know, just simple interests that you have or athletic clubs that you're involved with. So everything is, is uh, helpful if you understand how it can be helpful for you. Communication during COVID-19 and the current year that we're living in is super confusing sometimes. And the etiquette and the pros of it all can really catch people up in it. How have you found it best to navigate communication during this global pandemic? Like some people don't do well with phone calls or emails. Yeah. Is there is there a strategy that you have implored that you have found success in? Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it's interesting. Um, so I spend a lot of time talking to folks that I have never talked to before, uh, as in new, new potential employees. And uh, I like to say that, we usually were able to joke around to break the ice about the weather, right? Oh, it's so humid or, or whatever it may be. It's, it's something that everyone has experienced. Well, there's, there's something new and that's COVID-19, right? Everyone is going through COVID-19 um, and everyone is, is reacting and has a different um, uh, uh, situation. Um, and so COVID-19, although really unfortunate, um, there's a lot going on in the world uh, that can, can certainly be improved and, and, and uh, it's a difficult time, right? Um, it is something that is uh, drawing people together. It is, 
people want to be affiliated with something. COVID-19 is that right now. And so you can spin it to say, hey, you know, hi, Adam, you know, how have you been? You know, what's your working situation like? You know, are, are the kids doing well? Um, you know, things like that. It's something that you can relate to. And so um, when I talk to folks, um, COVID-19 always comes up. Um, but then the second thing that I, I like to pivot to is, you know, they are a human, even though I'm talking to them about a job, uh, I want to understand, um, you know, what they're dealing with. I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, asking deep questions, but, but um, uh, you know, I, I really, um, how do I say this, uh, want to make a personal connection with them. And COVID-19 is a way for me to do that. Um, and then uh, one of the ways that our company specifically is dealing with communication is we use a software that we can speak to anyone in our company that has an account on this software at any time. So I'm, as we speak, I'm looking at a, a, a screen um, with every single person in our company, a little profile picture of them. And if I click on their face, I will start talking to them. There's no setting up calls. There's no accepting calls. It's an instant connection. Um, of course, there's, there's privacy and settings that you can make sure that no one is uh, jumping in to talk to you at a, uh, unseemly time. Um, but it's a way for us to pretend like we're still working elbow to elbow with each other and maintain that productivity. Um, and so once we, uh, as the Energy Impact Center, went to remote, um, we were able to afford all of our, our employees this account. Um, and, and we seem to be moving forward uh, you know, at 90, 95% uh, uh, rate of what we were once. So yeah, that, that's sort of uh, my, my thoughts around communication during COVID-19 uh, in terms of reaching out and networking with folks and then also um, what Energy Impact Center EIC uh, is doing right now. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up where you're working right now. Do you want to tell us a little bit about interest in environmental policy and what you do uh, at the Energy Impact Center? Yeah, of course. So Environmental policy, as I talked about a little bit earlier, encompasses so much, right? From, from poverty to, to energy, to economics, you name it. Um, if completed, you know, it has, and completed is uh, a word to be used, you know, as, as ongoing, right? Uh, there's always more environmental policy to be, to be changed. But if completed, it has the ability to affect so many things. Um, and so I like to joke that if I had a motto in life, it would be efficiency. You know, one use kitchen gadgets are useless <laughs> to me. Um, and so climate change uh, is, a, is something that so many different factors uh, uh, play into. Um, and so my interest in environmental policy uh, is focused very much on the economics and, and technology realm, but you can be focused on the, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the journalistic uh, efforts within environmental policy. You can be focused on the legal uh, efforts around environmental policy. Um, and so that's what I really like about environmental policy is the different ways that you can approach it. Um, and so, yeah, what, what I do, or I should say, uh, let me talk about what the Energy Impact Center does as a whole first. Um, so EIC is a DC-based research institute 
that's focused on deep decarbonization. So what we do is we analyze and support the solution set of tools which are able to help reverse climate change. And so we've been around for a number of years now collecting that data um, on economics, on technology, on energy systems, seeing where we can make the most effect on reversing climate change in the shortest, most economical um, period of time. And so once we did this deep dive through a podcast, actually, uh, Titans of Nuclear, I'll give a little pitch for our, for our, uh, our podcast, we came to the conclusion that done correctly, done correctly and, and contrary to a lot of popular public opinion, nuclear power really does have a viable chance of helping us reverse climate change. And that's really important. Our, our goal is to um, have a net negative carbon emissions, not simply stop carbon emissions that are going into the atmosphere, but actually actively take carbon out of the atmosphere through technology that's powered by nuclear power plants. Um, and so what I do at the Energy Impact Center is, is a, a whole host of things. Um, I, uh, I, I'm very much seen as the the dad of our company, the glue uh, that holds our company uh, together, um, and I, as the operations manager, um, you know, I'm in team meetings, I'm on one-on-one -on -one meetings. Uh, you know, I'll have a unique conversation with our VP of engineering about multi-physics software, uh, and then in the next hour, I'll be on the phone with our comm strategist, uh, and then I'll be chatting with our media producer about an upcoming podcast. Um, and that's really enjoyable for me, right? Having a, a, the ability to juggle a lot of different things uh, satisfies my, my ever larger uh, curiosity for, for this type of work. What does a typical workday look like for you, especially juggling all these um, different tasks that you have maybe uh, before the pandemic and now? Yeah. So one of the things that the... Well, I, I should say before the pandemic and then, you know, during the pandemic uh, and that the pandemic has afforded me is the unique opportunity to start my day as soon as I want, right? I um, usually would go into the office, you know, before anyone else and, and spend that time um, focused on catching up on emails, um, many of which were applications for the countless roles that we are always hiring for. Um, uh, looking through LinkedIn profiles, which I know we will come back to later. Um, and now during the, the, uh, the pandemic, I'm able to start my day even earlier. And so I have more uh, alone time, so to speak, to really understand and prioritize my day and map it out to that, you know, I can be, again, the most efficient I can uh, throughout the rest of the day. And then it's like a conversation, like I said, with you know, our director of technology or our electrical engineer to make sure that they have the right softwares or, or connections uh, uh, that they need to make sure that their job is, is completed to the best of their ability. Um, and the, the other major part of my day is actually following up on those emails with, with calls, uh, talking to folks, um, understanding, you know, where they're coming from, their skill sets, their backgrounds to see if they're a good fit for our positions. Um, and, uh, and yeah, kind of leading them through that process of, of, uh, of you know, potentially joining 
the energy impact center. And, and I will say as a caveat, um, we spend a, a lot of time finding the right individual for our positions. Uh, our, my CEO and I often joke that, you know, we're, we're sometimes looking for a gaggle of unicorns, right? Folks that uh, have a very niche experience and skill set that we think um, are, are going to be a great fit for our organization. Um, and with our process, it can seem lengthy, our, our hiring process, but just like we are, um, you know, investing in you, we'd also like to find a person that's really invested in us as well. And that's when we find a good fit. So I don't mean to go too far into, uh, you know, who we're looking for, but a lot of my day is spent uh, really analyzing, communicating with an individual to really understand who they are and what they might bring to the table. In your role as someone who hires and manages employees, what advice do you yeah. have for students uh, to distinguish themselves from other graduates from other universities around the country? The one thing that I can say is our company, you know, let's, let's talk details. Our company does not ask for a cover letter. Cover letters are certainly a thing of the past, unless asked for. I will say, however, that there is, uh, I, I do look for a, a couple of lines, a paragraph even of a pitch you know, from an individual to say why I think I'm right for this position. That's, that's really, really crucial and helpful for me to uh, have a quick snapshot of who you are. So definitely pitch yourself. Um, the other uh, piece of advice that I can give is literally bold, highlight keywords in your resume that match the job post, right? If I'm looking for someone that has uh, experience with a CRM database like HubSpot, I want you to bold HubSpot, even if it's line 17 in your resume, because my eyes bounce between those bold um, highlighted words. The, and you'll hear this time and time again, the amount of resumes that I look through on a daily basis um, is, is off the charts. And so making my job easier on your end by, by doing these simple things makes me uh, really give you a second look. Um, and, uh, and it's really easy for you to do. And then the other thing too is, you know, send, send, a, send a polite follow-up email, maybe a week, a month, even three months after your initial application. Um, of course, I always try to respond immediately and, and, and let you know, what, you know what's going on to our end, but you never know the employer's hiring situation. Um, and especially right now with the pandemic, uh, folks might have been looking for an engineer in February um, and you applied for it then, but it, it got put on hold. Um, it takes two minutes to send, uh, hey, how's it going? You know, any updates on the hiring situation type of email? Um, and, uh, and that might become, you know, very fruitful in the end. And so building those connections again um, comes into play. Uh, when uh, helping you kind of set yourself apart from other applicants, especially in the COVID-19 era. A lot of students often ask, like, what skill sets they should develop that aren't necessarily apparent to LNS students. Would you say that there are any, like, standout skills that students should look at developing that would make them better candidates? So the first thing that I will say is um, 
analyze the job that you are looking or the internship that you're looking to apply for. And if it has, you know, a, a need for your ability to, to code in R, um, you should certainly learn R, right? Um, so there are some very well-defined uh, uh, tasks or skill sets that you can have that are applicable to a certain position. I'd highly recommend undertaking those. But more broadly, and, and one of the things that I really liked about the poli-sci degree as well as the environmental studies degree is it didn't necessarily teach me how to do things in particular, right? Of course, I, I I'm able to write, right? That, that's something that, that I can say is a skill set that I have. But more importantly, it taught me how to learn how to do anything, right? So um, how to figure things out efficiently is really important as a skill set in this job market because things change so rapidly that you need to be able to edit a website, uh, call a potential client. Uh, you know, asking the right questions is really important. Um, and don't be afraid to get creative, right? Uh, Google is there for you. Do a Google search if you don't know how to do something and, and, and do a deep dive and, and really watch a YouTube video, do a, a course online. Um, you can't know everything, but you can develop a skill set to learn the things that you do need to know for an internship or for, for a job. Um, yeah, I guess I, I, I would leave it there. Yeah, that is definitely all excellent advice for students looking to bolster their resumes. But a lot of students are wondering whether or not to delay their graduation to, you know, add an extra degree or add an extra certificate. When you're looking at resumes, is that edging out some candidates over others or uh, what's your kind of take on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what I will say from my experience looking at applicants is as long as you meet the you know minimum requirement that we have set in place, which we have, of course, calculated as um, uh, a good threshold for you to to have been over. Um, you know, if I see uh, uh, multiple degrees, uh, multiple uh, you know masters, and this and that, that's great. Um, but I also really enjoy seeing the folks that have a, a diverse set of experiences, in internships, and jobs. So I would prioritize um, focusing on. Uh, gaining more experience through those types of, of uh, areas instead of um, focusing on, on the academic side of, of gaining experience. Don't get me wrong, you need to have a really solid uh, academic uh, uh, kind of resume built to say that I understand these things in these areas and uh, I put in the work to, to get myself to where I am. Um, but having real world experience is, is very beneficial. You know, give me the data. You know, how many hours have you done this? How many dollars have you saved? How many hires have you made? How many projects have you, um, you know, reorganized for your company? Those are are really worth their weight. Um, and uh, and an extra degree um, might not necessarily add up to to what those could bring to the table. Yeah, it definitely sounds like, and other people on ten fifty have said this before too. Like the art of advertising yourself and advertising your accomplishments is definitely advantageous in this field or like as you're applying to jobs. 
Yes, definitely. And, and, and the other thing that I'll add is um, you know, hard, hard work and persistence are something that really cut through everything that I'm looking for on a resume. Um, obviously, there's a lot of hard work and persistence that go into uh, achieving a bachelor's or a master's or a PhD. Um, and, but there's also a lot of hard work or it shows, um, you know, the hard work and persistence, um, you know, when you have multiple jobs in a lot of different areas, it shows that you're curious. It shows that you're trying to explore your options, to learn what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, yeah, so that's, that can be really beneficial. As we're kind of winding down in our questions, what are some things that you wish someone had told you when you were in college that you think might be helpful for students now? Yeah, I mean, so uh, the first thing that I would say is hard work does pay off. You know, internships may not be as plentiful right now, but having, um, you know, work experience even for free on your resume can ultimately lead to a job. And so what I would say is, um, you know, and something that, that I have tried to embody in school and that faculty and even my parents have tried to, you know, in, uh, show me or, 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 or tell me is, you know, keep going, um, try new things. Uh, eventually you will see the light at the end of that tunnel um, and, and things will start to go up. Um, and so uh, that's one of my um, you know, main pieces of advice is, is be curious, explore and work hard. Um, and then I will come back to the fact that, you know, we are in a unique situation with COVID-19. And so um, first and foremost, um, you know, financial security is really hitting home for a lot of folks right now. And so financially speaking, it's extremely frugal. Um, uh, it's extremely important to be frugal rather, um, you know, as a, a young person starting their career. Um, but that is something that is really unique to individual situation. But what I can say is just as I was recommending, you know, contributing to a 401k for that financial security, um, you should also very much invest in your connections with folks as well. Um, have a LinkedIn profile. Uh, it's so extremely important to have a LinkedIn profile that is well curated, um, showcases your strengths, lists detailed projects, um, and then utilizing that LinkedIn profile. It's not good enough just to have the profile. You need to reach out to folks, connect with folks, send them a quick message. Hey, you know, Susan, I, I really loved your work on blah. Um, I'd love to, uh, you know, have a connection with you um, and maybe I can, you know, we can have a quick email or a quick chat about this. Um, some folks would jump on that and say, yeah, no problem. I'd love to talk. And, and some might not even respond. That's okay. You need to keep building that network because you never know when that investment is going to pay off. Um, and the other thing that, that I always like to say is um, we're all in this together. Uh, right. If you feel like you're at a point where you're struggling, um, there are always people that you can turn towards. Um, I know UW has, you know, SuccessWorks. Uh, they're they're amazing talents over there that can speak to you about any minute detail about finding a job or what classes to take. Right. Um, 
talk to your parents. They're, they, they've gone through life before, right? They, they might have some uh, ideas of, of things you can try or, or um, you know, even just boost your spirits. Talk to friends. What are they working on? But maintaining those connections, building that network is, is super critical, especially this day and age. Um, and I will say that the internet um, has made that much easier, right? If we were in the 1918 flu, it's not as easy to connect with somebody on LinkedIn. Because all of us have a smartphone um, and access to the internet, um, it's much easier to kind of keep building that, that network, even though we are in a very unique situation. Um, so yeah, those would be kind of my words of advice for, for current or, or soon to be graduated students. Yeah, that is all definitely excellent advice. Building that network is so important. And I'm really glad you also brought up SuccessWorks. We just had a couple of representatives on the podcast recently, and they shared so many awesome resources that they have. So yeah, I'm definitely really glad you brought them up. And kind of as we're wrapping up here, what would you say to a student or an employee who says, uh, I'm finding it really hard to be motivated at home. I'm being really distracted <laughs> in completing work for my internships or my job or classes at home. What are some strategies that you have found uh, to really help your productivity at home? Definitely. Um, one of the things that I can say is I, I feel that when we all, you know, when those were, when folks were, that were able to work from home started working from home, um, the work-life flexibility or balance um, started to go out the window. You know, I'm checking emails at nine o'clock at night, um, doing that month after month, or, you know, writing, having a phone call Saturday afternoon can really start to drain. Um, and you start to blur the lines of, of when I'm working and when I'm not working. Of course, in this day and age, a lot of folks work a lot more than 40 hours a week, but making sure that you are setting boundaries for yourself that your company is you know, aware of is really important. Um, and understanding that your colleagues uh, are doing the same thing, right? Um, and so being prepared to ask a question when they're online and understanding that they might have kids that they're taking care of at night and they want to have dinner at, at their kitchen table. Um, respecting each other's situation um, is really important. Um, one of the things that, that I focus on at EIC is, is employee happiness level. Understanding what makes folks tick. Um, and, and, and happy employees translate to improved work product. Um, our company actually offers uh, unlimited PTO, pay time off. And what we found is that folks, when they have a break from the work that they do, when they are working, they're much more productive because their batteries have been uh, recharged and they're ready and motivated to continue working. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would be my piece of advice. Understand and, and respect that everyone is going through uh, this situation differently. Um, and, and that in turn will help to motivate you um, to continue to drive towards you know, your own success. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully, um, even though COVID is, is kind of always going to be uh, in the back of our minds for, for years and, and decades to come. It's never going to leave us. Um, we'll all hopefully have changed um, for the better and, and re taken a, a better look at 
you know, what it means to be a, a working adult uh, this day and age and, and how productivity is, has, um, has changed. Yeah, unlimited PTO right now sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that it, it is really exciting about this podcast is the encyclopedia and the different insights that have brought on. Um, it's really easy to listen to a podcast when you're, um, you know, driving in the car, and and the the wealth of knowledge that 1050 Bascom has 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 brought on um, is really exciting. There, there's so much out there, uh, so many tidbits of advice that can really help people more than we'll ever know. Um, and so what I can say is I'm I'm super happy that 1050 Bascom has 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 grown even after I have left it, um, and I, I can't wait for more episodes. Um, there are just so many things to talk about, um, and I'm just really happy that I was able to to join you for for a, a conversation and give just my little nugget of uh, of advice um, for folks that that might need it most. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for for all that you've done. I'm excited for what's to come. Well, thank you so much. This podcast is definitely where it is today because of where it started with you. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to visit with you. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, we really hope we stay in touch. Yeah, excellent. You know, thanks again, Adam. Um, and thanks to Amy. I, I'm always excited to uh, hear from folks back in Wisconsin. Um, and I, I wish you all the best. For more information regarding the podcast, please visit policy.wisc.edu and search for 1050 Bascom. For more information on the university's policies and responses to the pandemic, please visit covid19.wisc.edu. You can find more episodes on all streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and subscribe. Thanks for listening to 1050 Bascom COVID-19. Stay safe and take care of each other.